Hello everyone, Dr. Peterson here talking about loneliness and an identity. Recently the American Psychological Association released a report about COVID-19 and loneliness and how it was found using survey method that surprisingly many Americans did not experience loneliness during the social isolation and social separateness during the COVID-19 crisis and this was a big surprise given the lockdown in many states and it was expected that loneliness would increase uh, over this time period and surprisingly overall it did not and uh, while this does seem surprisingly it doesn't it isn't so surprising from an identity perspective and I'll get to that in just a moment but to understand why loneliness did not increase we first need to really look at what loneliness is from a definition perspective and and just to provide that we got to remember that there's two types of loneliness one is this the the type we see in the literature which is social isolation also known as social loneliness and that's not having sufficient number of social connections in our life uh, not having enough people that we can rely on to get through our day-to-day -day tasks uh, we can uh, look at this in the idea of of how many Facebook friends we have if we look at our Facebook friends and we don't feel like we have enough then that is a form of social isolation but if we feel like we have sufficient enough of Facebook friends and then, then we don't experience that social isolation uh, that's a superficial type of a form of that but that's an example of that the other type of loneliness is emotional loneliness and this is not having sufficient enough individuals in our life that we feel like we can uh, have a close intimate uh, relationship with and that goes beyond our spouses and our family members just people we feel like we can open up to and have uh, close encounters with and and, uh, and not be afraid to discuss issues with and if we think about this though we know that from research that identity and and having our identity salient can reduce both forms of loneliness and so the idea was is that uh, through our social work encounters and being in social environments that in and of itself reduces loneliness and then uh, being in lockdown inhibits us from being in those social encounters therefore it should have increased loneliness and that hasn't been the case but I want you to think about this in in our home environments where we are actually at our most authentic okay where uh, we ha are surrounded by our most intimate uh, memories pictures on the wall uh, where our most sacred identities exist as fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters uh, those identities that can't be taken away from us by an employer or by society uh, that in that intimate environment we're taking care of both of those social needs social connection and that we feel that that our needs are taken care of and our emotional needs are taken care of within that environment um, and so just being locked down in that environment is stimulating enough that we don't experience loneliness even though we're locked down from the outside world and if you think about this uh, we can call this our authentic identification right 
And so why do we experience more loneliness when we're not in lockdown? And that's really the question that should be asked. Why did we become less lonely in lockdown than pre-COVID? And that's really the question that we should be asking is, why have we become less lonely as a society? And that's really the question. And if we think about it, in the world outside of our homes, when we leave our authentic identities, those identities that can't be taken away, such as mother, father, brother, sister, um, and we leave our world where we have to dehumanize people and depersonalize people in our economic systems, uh, we can't be our authentic selves. We can't be our human selves. We have to treat people in our daily lives outside of our home as if they're not human. And we have to treat ourselves as we're not human. And I want you to think about this. If we think about this in the basic uh, store clerk uh, situation, and you had someone come in and they were starving and they were hungry, if we were truly authentic to ourselves. We would provide that person with the food that they needed, regardless of their financial ability to pay for that food, if we were truly authentic human beings. But because of that economic system that we exist in, we have to dehumanize ourselves and depersonalize ourselves and dehumanize that person because that's what the world demands of us. And when we have to dehumanize others and depersonalize ourselves, we lose pieces of our own humanity in that situation. And how can we not feel lonely in that situation? How can we feel social connection in those situations? How can we feel our emotional needs being met in that depersonal life that we exist outside of what we have learned in this lockdown situation. And so I think the lessons we need to learn from why have we experienced reduced loneliness when we've been forced to be locked down in an authentic world is just that. What do we take from being able to actually exist where we can actually be human beings? and be full human beings instead of living in that cold economic world that measures our success by a stock market instead of by the health and well-being of human beings and by how good each other is doing. And I think we need to think about that. Beyond that, I think we do need to recognize that uh, from the American Psychological Report, there was a group that did see an increase in loneliness, at least in the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, and that was elderly in care facilities. And if we look at this population uh, from the beginning, we know that a large portion of elderly, when they're put into a care facility, are pretty much abandoned by their family in the beginning anyways. And many of these elderly are kind of the forgotten population by many of their family and friends. I'm not saying all, but many. And so their emotional and social needs are met by the other 
uh, members of that community. And when the COVID-19 pandemic occurred, one of the instant response was, was to cut off that social and emotional connection that those elderly individuals had with the other members of that uh, residency community. So not only were these people cut off from uh, their family through abandonment, but then they were cut off from their only source of support, which were the other residents within that community. So they were cut off from their social connection and their emotional connection, and we saw a, a huge increase in loneliness. The interesting thing about this group is, is once uh, these, these, we saw huge increases in death rates within these communities, families and communities actually started to step in and families started to pay more attention to their elderly parents and and grandparents and we saw a decrease in loneliness and so it's an interesting thing that occurred within our elderly population is all of a sudden their loneliness rates decreased even to pre-covid uh, uh, conditions because all of a sudden after a, a month or so into our COVID-19 crisis, they were actually getting visits from the outside or via uh, uh, FaceTime or, or uh, a media type tablet. They were actually getting visits from their grandchildren and from their children at significantly higher rates than what they used to. And so their rates of loneliness went down. And I hope that that's a lesson learned for many, uh, even after the COVID-19 crisis is abated, that uh, there is this population that we need to make sure we care for. And I think it also denotes another thing is, is that there is a portion of the population that has uh, continued to receive this type of isolation. There's been recent reports of the broken heart syndrome and we do need to recognize that there is a population that has been completely isolated away from family, friends, and intimate partners that are really receiving the physiological effects of true isolation. And there are many documented studies that indicate that when a person is deprived completely of social interaction, their body physically shuts down as if it were starving of food and uh, of dying of thirst. And that is the similar thing that we're seeing with the broken heart syndrome. And I think we need to recognize that as, as a communities because what we have seen in many decades is a degradation of the community systems within many of our cities and towns. Uh, less than 12% uh, of American citizens know their next door neighbors. And so we have seen this increase of these isolated individuals who don't know their neighbors, who don't know their communities, who are suffering and in many cases dying of what the, we know as this broken heart syndrome. I think the other thing that this also has shown in other research is we have seen increases in things like depression and anxiety. 
Um, now you might think, well, people are less lonely, they're living more authentic lives and, and the like, so why are we seeing more depression and anxiety? And uh, the truth is, 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 is that uh, loneliness does mimic depression, and so I think this is a good uh, case study in indicating that they are two separate processes, but we also need to understand what drives depression and what drives anxiety in that uh, our world is a little bit unknown right now. A lot of parents and a lot of individuals are stressed economically and uh, and there is this big schasm between uh, this this existence that we're in and this realization that the way that our world operates right now or has been operating doesn't work and that we were existing in this unauthentic happiness and though it would be simple to go back to that and we feel like that would make us happy there is this dissonance that we know that it won't. And there's this dissonance that we know that we actually need to do something different. And that the idea that, yes, we want to just go back to things that are normal because that's what we know and that's what would be easy isn't what we actually want. Now, that's not the whole cause of depression and anxiety. We have to understand there's the physiological aspects of depression with dealing with uh, lifestyle and, and the issues with people's rhythms getting off of set and all of those types of things and daily routines being offset. And that's a whole different issue of psychology and physiology. And there's a whole other issues but for the matter of this discussion we need to really think about what is better for our lives and what is going to reduce this dissonance taking the hard road and determining what is going to make us more authentic human beings or taking the easy road and trying to make things the way they were and going back to that dehumanized and depersonalized world. And I'd like to leave you with those thoughts.